0: Hi, everybody. This is Chad. I would like to not welcome you to the Relative Run Readiness podcast by saying, hey, hey, hey.
1: (laughs) I feel like I'm being made fun of over here. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're supposed to be my best friend, so I don't appreciate. I,
0: I am your best friend. That's the problem.
1: That is the problem. <laughs> <laughs> that that's that's my life right there in a nutshell. That's what's wrong with my life. I need better friends.
0: Oh boy. oh boy. Well, uh, yeah, we'll we'll see if we can get you some more. Maybe from this podcast, maybe people will like what you have to say. Um, today, on our Relative Run Readiness podcast, we are talking a little bit more about our online uh, strength training for runners series, Relative Run Readiness. Uh, you can find it at pendolaproject.com. Check it out, um, it's a lot of fun and it might help you with your running, hopefully. Uh, so, we just recently included a new video uh, playlist, a new series on there uh, called Spinal Tap. And uh, spinal tap is a really interesting name, Matthew. How did you come up with the name Spinal Tap?
1: Well, that's a good question, Chad. We, <laughs> as, as a strength coach for years, I was just referring to ab work as that. You know, it's um, it's we're gonna do some some ab work, and that doesn't really, that doesn't really explain it very well because we're doing a whole lot more than just training the muscles you can, you can see where we're going a lot deeper than that. And we're working from the inside out. That's the way I kind of think of it. And So good, good core work that really has a lot more to do within just stability or mobility. And that really combines the two things to work for our ability to produce force when we're running. So when I look at abdominal programming, we can train lower abs, we can train the upper abs, we can train the obliques, right? And that's, those are all things that we can do as part of our training, but we don't want to just work in isolation. Um, And, you know, again, if we want to work a little bit more on something like that, we can put that into our programming, but we should also make sure that we're developing coordination with our with our trunk. Mm-hmm. And so that's where, again, you know, the word trunk, it's kind of synonymous, I think, with just getting that stability around the spine. So a lot of uh, people are looking at like a constant state of contraction in their abdominal muscles while they're running so they can stay stacked. But in reality, what we're really doing, especially when you look at the elites, they're they're actually highly coordinated in being able to get that stability and mobility to coordinate and control their movement. So, they're steering their hips a little bit better and they're able to put more force into the ground. So, Really, we are looking at stability and mobility in the trunk when allowing us, giving us that ability. So that's that's kind of where I thought, we gotta come up with a new term for this. You know, and I, I like spinal tap because I just think about that, like we're tapping into our potential by really focusing on these movements. And I, And we put this into our program early on because we do believe that we should focus on this before we get to more external loading, before we get to things that have a a higher demand. Um, And we wanna be able to develop our breathing patterns and really work on those patterns while we're training our trunk. Mm -hmm. While we're working through these progressions, we wanna be able to get more and more confident in these positions and then start to add more and more coordination as we go along. So we'll explain that a little bit more here, but that's the gist of where we came up with spinal tap or I, I did and no, we're, we're not, we're not talking about the old, What's that, an 80s movie? That was a pretty good movie. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Turn it
0: up to 11. Yeah. Uh, well, is, you bring up some interesting uh, words slash concepts here. You're talking about ab work, talking about core work, and I think people sort of understand maybe some of that. Well, then you're talking about trunk, which is slightly different, I think. And then in all of that, you use the word spinal, which I think is really important for Uh, and including that word and that part of the body in what this this part of our training series is.
1: Yeah, yeah, because really what the muscles wanna do around the spine is to stabilize the spine. So when we tap into that with our anticipatory mechanisms with those muscles responsible for that, it's before I even go to pick this pencil up, I'm going to have an anticipatory response. In other words, my transverse abdominus is going to engage before I actually take an action, which is, you know, that's the the beauty of the brain and going all the way through the nervous system to move better. We can coordinate those actions with better breathing patterns and with better control. And that's where it all has to start. So when we start off with something like our uh, abdominal let's let's go back to just doing crunches and things like that. When we start off doing crunches, we are certainly getting some benefit from that and that spinal flexion is important, right? But what about lateral flexion? What about extension? We want to make sure that we are using all of our capabilities and we're getting more circumferential around our spine and using all of the muscles to coordinate together. Uh, So, I really like to get into breathing patterns where I will breathe out strong in order to get a little bit more emphasis on that transverse abdominis for that contraction to get a better cinching. In other words, if you think about those muscles around your spine, um, essentially creating that stability, that can open up mobility for the hips and the shoulders. So starting off with movement patterns, just like a basic bridge is actually really good. I just don't like when we get to a point, let's say at now we can hold a bridge for a minute or two minutes with really good focus. At that point, we need to start to coordinate our peripherals. In other words, we can move an arm in that position, we can move a leg in that position. So We start off with more of these bridge-based type of movements, but what we wanna do is initiate action from the trunk first. So I think of it like if I were to see somebody move their arm in a bridge position, you would almost always see in the beginning when I'm evaluating with an athlete and looking at their function, they're moving their arm ahead of their trunk. In other words, the trunk isn't initiating that action, the arm is moving and then you can see that the trunk will follow. I want the trunk to move first and see that the arm follows that, right? So slowing down these patterns and using good breathing techniques. So that's where I like, um, for example, Dana Santas talks a lot about working on seven count breathe out cinching in and holding that pattern for a few seconds, then breathing in for about a five count and I'll breathe in through the nose. And while you're going that slow in that type of breathing pattern, learning to control those positions and first really focusing on that in a basic trunk position, where we're starting to get a little bit more of our control and then we can start to add more coordination. So with a good uh, pattern like that, say you're doing a plank and you're on your elbows and your toes and you're pulling your elbows towards your toes and your toes towards your elbows, and you're creating more of that line or that shortening of that line in the front of your body and your abdominal chain, so you are contracting and you're really pulling the elbows towards the toes and the toes towards the elbows, and you can start to work on max contractions over, say, a 20-second period of time that is, is really challenging, and you don't have to spend two minutes in a plank to, to do that, okay? So, this is the kind of progression that I'm talking about where initially just breathing seven out, three hold five back in through your nose, just holding that position and just maintaining good integrity and just kind of checking on yourself. Am I breaking through my spine? Am I, is my lower back starting to arch in this position? Or am I maintaining good spinal flexion in this, in this prone plank position? Now, once I can establish that and really hold that pattern for say at least a minute, Now I want to try to create more tension, more torque, right? Because that is kind of the success behind strength is knowing how to create torque and tension. So when we start that way and then we got really good at holding max plank progressions for, say, 20 seconds um, each way, right? So one is going to be in that prone position. The next one would be on your side, you know, elbow down and pulling your elbows towards your ankles and your ankles towards your elbows that can be done with your knee bent on the ground so your grounded knee is bent or you can progress to having your feet stacked so you know what works for you this is all in our programs the different progressions that you can use and i always suggest that people start with the first one and is that too easy? Are you able to maintain good integrity? Then let's move on then to the the next progression, which would be mm-hmm. stacking your ankles, right? And then, of course, just the basic plank, where you're in that uh, supine position when you're on your back and you bridge up, right? So you do like a um, a, a glute thrust, and you get your your uh, your heels to pull in towards your shoulders and your shoulders are on the ground in this case and you're really getting a good contraction there and you're getting good focus on on long strong spine but without letting for example your hips go so high that you're starting to uh, to get your lower back to arch right we're learning to get, that good position, that good intensity, but without losing position. And sometimes it's as simple as checking yourself in those movements and saying, okay, I can feel now at say 45 seconds in that I'm starting to lose this. I'm starting to overarch in my lower back or I just can't maintain good tension or I can't maintain a good breathing pattern. Then that's, uh, that's a sign that we want to be able to work on that a little bit longer before we're going to start to use our peripherals more before we start to lift our arms and our legs in those positions. Right. But then that's the next progression is to start working on that. Once you have really good control. That, uh, that's a great explanation
0: of how we start with this stuff. And, and it seems to me like the, the first step in, uh, really engaging your core is is good controlled breathing. Yes. That's really the first step and that's something that ev- literally everyone has to work on and should work on and really um understand. And we have this in our video series too. We have basics better breathing um where um we really go through the progressions of of what it means to do the seven uh seven out uh, breathing, hold for a second or two or three, and then breathe in for three. Um, and then all of the progressions, the five, four with the moving, with the farmer's walk and all of those things and the dynamic effort. And, and that really is the starting point for better core trunk training.
1: Yeah. And well, and we've talked about this before on the podcast, but, when you are having trouble in a squat and feeling restrictions in your hip. Now, we talked about how you just did 20 second max effort, max tension holes in each direction in what we kind of refer to as the four core. Mm -hmm. So uh, hitting all of those plank positions for 20 seconds with maximum intensity each, Then you get up, you do your squat, you don't feel the same restrictions. And that's what, you know, all the stretching in the world doesn't necessarily get that kind of mobility. And all we're really doing is reminding ourselves that stability, that foundation around the spine is important and we need that. We need to get that recognition and that control first. So that stability, plus the mobility that we can get because now we have gotten the right contractions in the right order, then we start to open up the mobility in the hips and shoulders. So, you know, in general, we look at doing frontal plane work with runners is really important. Now, frontal plane work, guys, that's basically anything you're thinking of on the side of your body, anything that you're really emphasizing there, and it controls uh, single leg stability more, right? So if we have trouble balancing, for example, and I have a, a, a really great client that started up with me that had some lower back surgery, and he's not able to balance on a single leg at all really. Um, and so everything that he was doing was more bilateral. So that bridge of getting him to single leg stability is a lot through the frontal plane or in other words that lateral line the side of your body so why that is is because when we create that kind of stability through those positions now we have the ability to move a little bit better with that type of position especially with the lateral line We don't get that a lot normally in our day to day. A lot of things, and of course, running is linear, so -hmm. we don't get a ton of that. Now, maybe if we are doing a lot of trail running, then we get more of that, but it's something that most runners need to emphasize more. And this particular guy, we're trying to get him to run. We're not starting off with running just yet, obviously but we're working towards that. Now we can do things like power walking and we can start hiking in the trails and we can build up on that. And while we're doing that, we wanna really emphasize a lot of that lateral line stability so that in turn helps to uh, open up more of the mobility in our hips and our shoulders. But especially when you look at the, um, the hips, we're looking at a little bit more of that ability to be able to get more rotation through our hips. When we when we run, we need to have good motion or good um, uh, range of motion there through our hips. And when we're not getting that, we tend to stretch. We tend to do a lot of lateral uh, line type of stretches, which I think that's kind of a no-go. Um, my experience is that, that destabilizes areas that are supposed to be more stable. So stick with me here, but you're talking about uh, a major muscle like the quadratus lumborum, and that muscle is attached from your hip to your ribs, okay? And that muscle is a deep, deep stabilizer. When you're running, one QL is assisting while the other QL is resisting. So it's kind of a, a, a neat muscle that way, where it is the agonist and the antagonist, right? So if you look at flexing your bicep, and that would be the uh, agonist, and then the antagonist would be the tricep. Well, while you're running the QL, one side is your agonist, while the other side is the antagonist. So when they work together, when you are both feet are, Um, on the ground, let's say, and you're trying to erect the spine, they actually work together to do that as well. So um, it's a a very important stabilizer of your spine. And if we stretch that QL and we do a lot of stretching on that, and I'm talking about a lot of like static type of stretching, feels good at the time, but we're... what, What would a stretch be for that? So yeah, Chad, these are just like like lower trunk extensor lateral flex stretches. So it just essentially stretches that you would feel like you're stretching the distance between your ribs and your hip and that Mm -hmm. lateral line and holding those positions for a long time. Now, I'm not talking about doing active stretches where you're only holding for two to four seconds or doing dynamic stretches. We actually do those and those are, those are really good to do because we are getting some good reaction from that. But we just, we're talking about doing stretches that hold these positions statically for a long time. We don't really want to focus on doing those type of movements for long periods of time because I've seen that that can destabilize a muscle that's supposed to be its main job is to help to stabilize the spine. So I want to make sure that I'm doing movements that are going to improve my running economy by kind of um, addressing more of the stability needs and that, that position that I'm talking about with a good trunk plank can help to do that and reinforce that stability. And then when you go and do some dynamic movements where you are getting in some lateral line extension, you are getting some, some good movements there dynamically, that is fine. That's actually going to improve our movement because our spine is meant to move in all directions. So we do want to, we do want to have that part of our spine moving. It's just that the, the lower spine the lumbar spine especially it it's not meant to move excessively i think that's a good way to to cap that off is that yes we do we can get some movements but we can get movement out of the lower spine but we don't want to do that excessively mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. so um one area that i talk about a lot is if you're laying on your back and your hands are down on the ground and you have your legs up and then you are twisting your hips from one side to the other. That's a movement that I don't really like for Mm -hmm. the lower back because that is, that's the opposite of anti-rotation, right? Mm -hmm. We wanna train more anti-rotation for the lower spine in general. So we wanna stay away from movements that are gonna cause um, too much movement in the lower back.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I, you know, I think you've really given us good explanation of, of why we should focus on our trunk uh, and the spinal tap movements. Uh, I wanna though, I wanna have a little fun right here. Is it time to have some fun, Matt? Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, so here's what I'm gonna do. We have five videos in our spinal tap series. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell you the name of the movement and in 30 seconds, tell me why what, what's good about the movement, why we're doing it. Okay. All right? Yeah. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Okay. Here we go. I'm getting the stopwatch too. Uh, yeah. Okay. I got it. I got it. Okay. Here we go. Matt, tell me about the leg lowering test slash progression. All
1: right. All right. I'll try. Okay. Okay. No okay. pressure. Okay.
0: Except for 30 seconds. All right. (laughs) Just kidding.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, So, leg lowering test. Okay. So, with the leg lowering test, we're really just trying to see how far we can lower our legs when we have our back to the ground. And so, this would be in a supine position. We're seeing if we can get our heels within a couple inches of the ground, but without letting our lower back Arch right. So if we have excessive anterior pelvic tilt, or if we can't again control that position as well, then that test would indicate that we need to work on that more. That's a great. I can't.
0: I can't believe you did that. That was exactly thirty seconds. That's crazy. Uh, and that's a really hard test, by the way. Uh, it was hard, for, very difficult for me to do. I yeah, think it's so hard for a lot of
1: people. Yeah, when you're running, so I'm cheating here because I'm talking after the 30 <laughs> seconds, but when you're running, we're trying to get obviously that force and we're trying to push down into the ground. In mm-hmm. general, that part of the phase of our gait is supported by that leg lowering test. If we get better at that test and we might find most athletes cannot hold that position very long. If they can get their legs lower towards the ground, they might not be able to hold the position for more than say 10 seconds. And we actually want them to be able to hold it for at least a minute. That's crazy. Right? And we have seen that even some of the elites have trouble with that in the beginning. And then as we develop that, and as we are able to get stronger in that position, in other words, holding the right hip position so we can steer those hips properly while we're trying to propel ourselves forward, then we see that transference in their gait. So it's a great test.
0: That's brilliant, brilliant. All right, you ready for number two? Sure. Okay, here we go. Elevator pitch for supine plank, ABC leg lift.
1: So <laughs> the supine <laughs> plank leg lift, that, that one is going to be a little bit more about controlling with coordination, right? So that's a little, that's one of the progressions that we work towards. And can we now stabilize through that spine while we are now moving one leg at a time? So Mm -hmm. that's a test for coordination. How much coordination do we have in our gait really? And simple way of saying that is that again, if we see that we don't have that control, And in other words, maybe one hip kind of spins out on us and drops on us to one side while we're trying to lift the other leg. We can see that we don't have the control that we really need or that we might have thought that we have. And of course, a lot of these are contributing factors to injuries or to just overall poor performances, and we're losing too much of our energy we're losing we're not stabilizing so our energy transfer is poor and we need to do movements like this where we can increase that energy transfer
0: Mm -hmm. uh i timed that one as one minute and 18 seconds oh
1: you just lost a lot of points a lot of points (laughs) 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 all right number three asymmetrical
0: side plank progression go
1: Yeah, so I I can cheat on this one. We talked a lot about the side plank already. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when we're trying to look at um, rotation and through the hips and steering the hips properly, uh, when we have um, internal rotation restrictions, that can cause a real problem. And this lateral line progression really helps to stabilize, to open up that that hip so that we get those restrictions out. And now it supports our pronation, which everybody should pronate when they run. So it encourages really good pronation and that equals more power.
0: Nice, that was pretty close. That was close to 30 seconds, I'll give you that one. All right, here we, on, here we are on number four, another asymmetrical, asymmetrical medial line runner's
1: bridge, go. So the medial line, that's just like it sounds, it's uh, working more towards your adductors and paying attention to that. Now, think about that. How many times have we really focused on our adductors, right, uh, in training? Now, when you push out of the hole, when you're doing like a squat or a lunge, you're certainly using those adductors. but. We want to do some movements where we give it some real focus. And so when we do a medial line bridge, we're just simply getting a lot more stability through those adductors and really working towards that focus or that emphasis in ways that we don't get a whole lot of during typical training.
0: All right. And for those who don't know, the adductor, um, if you're sitting down in your chairs and you bring your knees together, that's what's working there, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, That was pretty good. I'll give you that one. That was close. Uh, Here we go. The fifth and final movement. This is one of my favorites. And you were talking about this. You alluded to this a little bit earlier in our conversation, but let's get a good explanation for the bird dog progression. Go. Go.
1: Yeah, so bird dogs, that if you guys don't know, we're working on some asymmetrical symmetry here as well, right? So our coordination, asymmetrical coordination. So I've got my right arm lifting up as I'm lifting my left leg. So that's that contralateral coordination, which of course we need for our gait. So when our arms are swinging, our right arm is coming up, our left leg is pushing down, right? We're using that asymmetrical coordination. So a bird dog is just kind of tapping into some of that and also focusing a little bit more on things like your erectors and that multifidi in your spine that needs to be more anticipatory. It needs to be more automatic. So that's the beginning of that. And I know I'm cheating again, but when you go (laughs) into these kind of progressions, we start with that, then, you know, over time, that's too easy. And then you are ready to start doing more external loading. But that's a great way to start in the beginning. And again, you know, surprised at how many people have a really tough time with that one. And mm-hmm. especially if we take some of the control away, like yeah. a lot of people can do a bird dog with their toes on the ground, but what if you lift your toes up off the ground? Yeah. Now try to do it. Yeah. Now it's a lot harder to do. Okay, so again, we we definitely need to go to more um, you know focused or emphasized movements with more external loading, but we can do that too soon if we haven't first developed that type of coordination with something like a bird dog.
0: That's for dang sure, Matt. You may have lost on time, but you won on style. You get five thousand points. Ding 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 ding.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I'll just I'll just tell you guys. Keep in mind that. You know, coordinating your, your muscles around the spine and pelvis to contract and relax and and have that type of coordination, it it is something that we need to focus on. And we have a lot of different reasons why we might have had some disassociation towards those things. But it's not too late to start to work on them. And I promise it makes a big difference. Um, you know, just working on basic things like this can really help to open up our potential, emphasizing good trunk function and having running drills that produce force through the legs that encourage that coordination. Those things can be tied right in to support the emphasis you have on good trunk mobility and stability for that ability. So. Tie that into your training, but that's not where it ends. That's just where it begins. And from there, we keep progressing and we can get into movements like, let's say, hanging ab drills that are a lot more emphasis on the total body and not just the abs now. So, you know, that's the last part I want to kind of finish with is that we can emphasize too much isolation in trunk positions and we can do that too often but we certainly need to focus on that I think before we start to go into higher coordinated demanding movements that we need to we need to prepare for we need to we need to progress towards and then that additional emphasis or that progressive loading that we're doing is really benefiting us so I think it's something that we should always have in our programs almost like a uh, a protocol But with the idea that we are moving towards higher demand, higher coordinated movements as we get better at that. And of course, in the program, we have those type of movements that you graduate towards. So Mm -hmm. you're not always doing bird dogs. I think that's just a point I want to emphasize is that's not forever, but that's definitely in the beginning. And even with people with a lot of experience, uh, I find that they benefit a lot from doing this type of work and then progressing up some people will progress a little bit faster than others because of their experience but that's something that I always start athletes with and we've seen huge payoffs with that right so why do I now feel like I have better external rotation in my hips why do I have better hip extension right why now when I'm doing plyometrics do I have more emphasis on ankle, knee, hip extension, because I started with the base six, right? Mm-hmm. So remember that that is the spinal tap work is going to be the foundation, I think, for all of the power that you wanna be able to establish in in your progressions.
0: Yeah, it really is such an important step to everyone's progression. And every movement in that series will help everyone become a better runner. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So if you want to check out these videos you can go to our website, pendolaproject.com. And um, our uh, Strength Training for Runners online series is uh, free for two weeks. You can try it out. We've got the self-assessment series, You Know When 10. Uh, We've got a better breathing series. We've got the rotation station. We've got your protocol progression. Uh, And then... Are the one we just released is the Spinal Tap series. Uh, go try that out, and uh, I hope that you like it. I know that you will, and I'm confident that uh, if you're a runner or even if you just want to walk better, this is this series will help you out. Pandolaproject.com. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Thanks, everybody.